Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guest today and every day on the Goodyear Hotline, many thanks to my buddy Bob Wishusen for holding it down last week. He was terrific. I had a fantastic time in Cleveland. We'll have Mel today. We'll go live to Green Bay today. We have set aside plenty of time for your phone calls today. All that and more in the hopper. Let's do this. Here we go. Only one place to start. Only one place to start is brought to you by 1-800-Flowers-With-Mother's-Day-Square in our sites. That is critical and the only place to start, of course, for me, is by recapping the events of the NFL draft. I'll give you a quick thoughts on my experience there, and then more importantly, we will talk about all the things that happened in the draft. A greeting to hashtag Hembo, hashtag Bubba, hashtag Nuno, hashtag Devin. I missed all of you guys, uh, but I had a very good time. And, and I would like to start by saying thank you to everybody who sent me very nice notes. I got um, an enormous amount of really nice feedback after what was a really fun event for me to do Thursday and Friday. Look, I've been around forever, and I've done so many different things but for, even for me, that was a very big deal to get a chance to do the draft. And I, I was really pleased with the way it went, and I had a wonderful time. And so my endless thanks to all of you who sent me notes. I really I appreciate it more than, than I will have the opportunity to share. Meanwhile, let me share a few other things. One, Mel Kuyper is not a human being. Mel Kuyper is unquestionably, what, what, what was Spock, a Vulcan? I mean, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is that you can be that is not human, I can confirm things I've been told which is that over the entirety of the two nights I did it, now I was not there for Saturday's uh, final day, but on Thursday night and Friday night, we sat on that set in Cleveland for a combined total of probably 11 hours between the two nights combined. And at, n- at literally no point did Mel Kuyper take a sip of anything, take a bite of anything, or go to the bathroom. I'm telling you right now, Thursday and Friday, he drank nothing, ate nothing, and did not pee. That's not a human being. That's not... A human being. So he's incredible. He is, he is, and he is the greatest life raft any host has ever had. At any point, I always knew I could just look up and say, Mel, and he'd have a lot to say, regardless of where we were and what was happening. So he was sensational. Second, it was freezing. However cold you think it was, it was colder. Did you see Shefty? Hembo, did you see Shefty? I did. He looked um, uh, frigid, fragile. It, it, was, it was freezing. Mel put on a coat. I was wearing thermals. Uh, and Lewis Riddick became unprecedentedly intimate with a space heater. He had a space. We all had these little heaters at our feet. He picked his up and, like, basically put it on his, on, on his lap. I mean, he was just basically <laughs> sitting with it and, and just had it just blowing hot air on him the entire time. It was so freaking cold. I can't begin to tell you, particularly the second night. The first day was raining. The second day, it didn't rain, but it was freezing. Because you're just out in the open, just like everybody else, right? Just out in the open. We, we had a roof over it. We weren't getting rained on, okay. but we didn't have walls. So, I mean, when it was windy, it was windy. So it was cold. <laughs> and then the third thing, I, I had a lot of people comment to me that I didn't say anything at the open about it being my first time. And I will tell you, I gave a lot of thought to that. I put a lot of thought into how do I want to start this thing, you know? Because um, as I say, I mean... I'm aware it's a big deal. I'm hosting the NFL draft for crying out loud. Just saying it out loud still gives me goosebumps a little. And so I, over the course of the, the week leading up to it, I sat down and jotted out a few different ideas. I'm honored. Be, you know, what a thrill it is for me. What, what, apex of my. And then on the day of it, I thought to myself, you know, 
I've spent all of the buildup to this saying, no one's tuning into this because of me. They're tuning in to see the NFL draft. My job is just to take them through it as best I can. And so it occurred to me, what the hell do they care how excited I am to be there? So I ultimately decided I would say nothing, and that's what I did for two days. I just literally said, good evening, I'm Mike Greenberg. I'm thrilled to be here, and I'm thrilled to be alongside Lewis, Booger, and Mel, and let's go right to it. So that was a couple of people asked me my thought process on that, and that was my thought process. I just thought I could have sat there all night and told you what it meant to me, but who cared about that? I, I, I think my wife would have said, Greeny, get to the picks for crying out loud. So um, that was my thinking going into it. Meanwhile, let's get to the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Uh, as far as what actually happened in the draft, and, and because everyone associates me with the Jets and they were drafting so high, I am the opposite of a homer when it comes to the Jets. I get yelled at by a lot of people, including the Jets, for being so critical. But, you know, that's just the way I am. It's the way I was raised. My father was the same way. My father would yell and scream during the games. The Jets never had a coach my father didn't hate. (laughs) Um, Because the second he did anything, the second he punted on a fourth and one at midfield, my father decided, this guy's an idiot. He's dead to me. And and so that's how I was raised. So I I am just negative by nature, particularly when it comes to my team. And... It is well documented how I felt about the Sam Darnold situation, but that is obviously water under the George Washington Bridge. It is my opinion that the Jets had an outstanding draft. If you wanted to say the Jets had the best draft of any team in the NFL, you would get no fight out of me. I mean, I would nitpick and say maybe the Chargers had the best draft, but the Jets' first four picks, well, Three of the Jets' first four picks. We don't know yet about Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, ultimately, none of the rest of it will matter if Zach Wilson turns out to have been a bad pick. But that one, you can't grade yet. Like, they fell in love with him, and having spent now a few days there, I can tell you most teams in the NFL, given that choice, would have taken him second. Not all of them, but I believe he would have been the most popular second pick amongst the quarterbacks in this draft. Only time will tell if that was right or wrong. I can't even really give you a grade on that. But I can tell you that Elijah Vera Tucker and Elijah Moore, who they took uh, with a trade-up in the first round and then early in the second, were both players that I think were inside the top 20 of most people's best players, certainly first-round caliber players. Tucker, Vera Tucker fits a, a need exactly. They traded up perfectly. I thought that was a sensational pick. Elijah Moore, I mean, Mel went nuts. could not believe he didn't go in round one. If he had gotten picked 20th, where, where the Giants where the Giants take Kadarius Tony 20, right? If he had gone 20, no one would have batted an eye. No one would have questioned the pick. They got three top 20 caliber players. And then the pick of Michael Carter, the running back out of Miami, you know, out of North Carolina, excuse me, you know that everybody was all high on Javante Williams. He was his teammate at North Carolina. You know, Carter ran for more yards last year than he did. He's not as good a prospect. But if Michael Carter had gone late second, early third, no one would have blinked. And they got him in the fourth round. So by compliment, the overwhelming compliments to the Jets, I thought they had an absolutely outstanding draft. Um, and I'm fired up. I mean, as, as enthusiastically excited about it as I can possibly be. That said, by a nose, if you ask me, who do I think had the very best draft? I think I would say the Chargers, if only because I think that they filled their needs exactly, exactly. We spent so much time in the preparation for this draft going over team needs. The overwhelming needs the Chargers had were offensive line. And for them to get Rashawn Slater, forgetting that I'm excited that he went to my alma mater, 
But the, for them to get Rashawn Slater at 13, literally exactly what they needed, plus they addressed the offensive line in free agency. And then to get Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round, he, he I think – there were a lot of people, including Mel, who had him graded ahead of some of the corners who went in front of him. So I think that was an excellent pick. Excellent. And then you look down the line. They did a really good job. So I think the Chargers had an excellent draft. The other headlines, of course, were the Bears and the Patriots getting the quarterbacks where they did. The Bears, I think, did what they had to do. I have zero criticism of the Bears going up to take Justin Fields. They had to do it. We knew they had to do it. We'll never know what would have happened if a quarterback had gone four and we only had one of them as the draft went on rather than two. So I think the Bears did a great job. And then I will tell you, the offensive tackle they drafted in the second round, Tevin Jenkins, is a terrific player. Terrific. I was stunned he didn't go in the first round. That's who I wanted the Jets to take at 23 before they traded up because there was no way Vera Tucker would have been there. So I think Tevin Jenkins is an absolutely excellent pick. So I think the Jets did very well there. And then what can you say about Bill and the Patriots? They just sat there and their guy came right to them. The guy that I think they wanted more than anybody else just literally fell directly to them at 15. So I think that worked out brilliantly. I don't think Bill could have scripted it any better. I think you've said to him, what is your dream scenario here? I mean, Trevor Lawrence wasn't ever falling to 15. So I think if you had said to him, what would be your number one choice of the way night one could go? He would have said, Mac Jones falls to 15 and we take him there. So I, I think that he, he and they did extraordinarily well. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. I have obviously much more to say about all of these, including what happened with the third pick. And when we continue in a moment here, I will share with you the way everything got flipped. Everything got flipped at number three. The the difference in that night uh, at pick number three, not pick number four, but pick number three is what changed everything that night. So I will do that next, and then we are going to set aside plenty of time today for your takes from the draft, and I want to hear them now. 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number, 888-729-3776. Before it gets too far in our rearview mirror, I want your hottest takes coming out of the NFL draft. Whatever team, whatever player, whatever you want. The hotter the take, the better. Those are coming up next at 888-SAY-ESPN after this very important word from 1-800-Flowers.com. A reminder, Mother's Day is this weekend. And I am so excited that 1-800-Flowers has partnered with us to give our listeners great prizes. Starting today, you can enter for a chance to win one of four $250 1-800-Flowers gift cards or a $1,000 grand prize. All you need to do is follow the Twitter handle at ESPN Radio and then retweet when they put up the hashtag Greeny Mother's Day Sweepstakes. That's going to be pinned to the top of the page by 3 p.m. Eastern this Friday, May 7th. Just retweet it as soon as you see that thing go up there retweet it and you'll be entered complete rules are available at espnradio.com don't miss mother's day back with your calls next on espn radio this show is sponsored by better help we all carry around different stressors i do you do we all do big small and when we keep them bottled up as i sometimes have had happen in the past it can start to affect us negatively therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched 
with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, your calls in just a moment. In fact, they're about 30 seconds away here. Your hot takes coming out of the draft. I'll spend those 30 seconds reminding you about ZipRecruiter. You know, good news, baseball fans, you know you're allowed to attend games this year in some ballparks you're sitting in pods with your group. Businesses everywhere are making the gradual shift towards normalcy, and that means more hiring, and that's where ZipRecruiter comes in with a matching technology that finds people with the right experience for your job and invites them to apply. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free only at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny at ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number. Going to come to your hot takes in a second. Very quickly, let me tell you where I think everything shifted. What I'm about to tell you is my opinion. It is not a statement of fact, which is to say no one told me this is the case, but this is what I believe. I believe that the 49ers changed their minds on the decision between Mac Jones and Trey Lance somewhere deep into the process. I don't think this was all one big smokescreen. I don't think they got any benefit from doing it. I think they legitimately changed their minds. And as a consequence, they take Trey Lance instead of Mac Jones. I don't know this for certain, but if I had to bet money that mattered to me, I would bet that if Trey Lance had been available at four, the Falcons would have taken Mm. him. That's what I think. I don't know it, but that's what I think. And that would have changed everything. Obviously, the draft falls the way the draft falls because quarterbacks went one, two, and three, but not four. If a quarterback had gone fourth, let's just say Denver had traded up to four, or if the Falcons had taken a quarterback at four, Now, instead of two quarterbacks sliding through the rest of the night, first hour and a half or whatever it was, we would only have one. So maybe the Bears have to trade up higher. Maybe it's too high for them to go up. If one of those guys falls to Carolina, maybe Carolina. Well, Carolina, maybe the the quarterback they wanted was not available for them. I think Lance, when all was said and done, was the guy everybody wanted. And why were you so confident like a month ago? And saying it would be because it just made sense. I had so many people. When you ask people about Trey Lance, they would say the ceiling is endless. Like he has as high a ceiling as Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence has a much higher floor. If Trevor Lawrence is the worst you could possibly imagine him being, he's a mediocre NFL quarterback. Trey Lance has massive bust potential. The guy started 17 games at the Division One AA level. It's now called FCS. That's his whole college resume. There's massive, massive bust potential there. But the upside 
might be the highest. If you you talk to people whose opinions I value, they'll tell you his upside is as high as any of the quarterbacks in this draft. And so you were betting on the 49ers coming to that conclusion at some point over the last I was month. betting that the 49ers wouldn't have traded everything they did to go up and get Mac Jones. Now, I think I was wrong about that in the, in the <laughs> long run. I think they were going to take it. But you wound up being right. And Trey Lance wound up changing their mind by being that good. But anyway, that's where I think the whole draft swung. The whole draft swung with the selection of Trey Lance third because it meant a quarterback didn't go fourth. And once a quarterback didn't go fourth, it was on. You know, now that you got you got Pitts and Jamar Chase and all that, the offensive linemen, the corners went right around where they should. Everything else went right where you would expect it to. And the Bears were the team that traded up. Washington might have been in on that and other teams. Denver passed on them. That's interesting. Does it mean they have some reason to believe that Aaron Rodgers might be their next quarterback? I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. But we'll have to wait and see. So we're going to get to the Rodgers of it all coming up. But I wanted to make sure we set aside plenty of time for your hot takes today because they are brought to us by 303 Products, Premium Protectants and Cleaners. Keep your car looking like new for longer. And with that, I say hello again to hashtag Bubba. How we been, Bubs? Doing great. Doing great. Enthusiastic. Coming off of the draft weekend, who is our first caller to present today's hot takes. Let's see. Looks like we've got uh, J.D. All right, J.D., give me a hot take, my friend. Uh, good morning, Green. Um, I'm out of uh, Jacksonville, Florida, so I'm going to go ahead and put a, a disclaimer on it. I'm a Atlanta Falcons fan, and it seems like a lot of the experts ignore what the Falcons have been doing or have done for the draft. They addressed all their defensive needs. They've addressed the offensive needs as well. But like everyone else, I assumed that they were going to take um, Trey Lance with that number four pick. But Kyle, Kyle Shanahan strikes again, and he burned us in the draft and took Trey Lance. So we went with the second-best option with the best athlete in the draft being Kyle Pitt. So that's not a bad thing to add him to an already potent offense, which last, last year, in my opinion, we were a few points and a few defensive snaps away from making it to the playoffs. So addressing those, all of our needs this year, I think that puts us like well into the hunt to take the NFC from the Bucks this year. Right. So I, I, I just think kind that, of putting that out there. I think that we're, we were ignored this year. We're ignored by everybody. Uh, thank you, J.D. I, I, don't, I don't think they were ignored. I, I think the big question about the Falcons was would they take a quarterback because they don't plan to be up that high in the draft again. And I think if Trey Lance had been there, they would have. That said – Everybody, literally everybody I've spoken to, believes Kyle Pitts is the safest, surest bet in the entire draft. You got the best player. So that should not be ignored. And if it was ignored, you should still be deliriously happy because you got the best player in the draft. The safety they took, Richie Grant out of UCF, I thought the best safety in the draft was Trayvon Merrick. I can tell you, Lewis Riddick, and he said it on the air, believed that this guy, Richie Grant, is the best safety in the draft. He liked him better than Merrick, so that's a good pick. Jalen Mayfield, the offensive tackle out of Michigan that the Falcons took, he was a guy who was projected at one time to be in the first round. It fell a little bit as it went on, but they got him. Was he in round three? So they had a very good draft, and I believe the Falcons are are loaded up to try and make a run this year. I don't think that they're that far away. They were like eight possessions away from being in the playoffs last year, as bad as they were. So I I actually think they had a good draft, and I think it was a good situation. Greeny taking your hot takes, your calls. Bubba, who's next? Let's go to Steven. All right, Steven, give me a hot take. Yeah, so being a longtime Green Bay fan, I think that since Aaron Rodgers is unhappy, Russell Wilson is unhappy, 
How about if you trade Aaron Rodgers for Russell Wilson? <laughs> Here's the thing, Stephen. You've already drafted your quarterback. That's what makes this so different than any other circumstance. When when the Seahawks were contemplating trading Russell Wilson, and don't let them tell you they weren't. They absolutely were. What they needed in return was a quarterback, an answer at quarterback, and no one could give them that. That's why the Bears couldn't get Russell Wilson. They absolutely talked about the trade with the Bears. And the Bears couldn't give them what they wanted, which was an answer at quarterback. See, the Packers don't have that. They've already drafted their answer at quarterback. They traded up in the first round to take a quarterback last year. So they're not swapping quarterbacks for anyone. They've already picked their quarterback of the future. That's what makes the Rodgers situation so complicated. It's Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, finding out what's on your mind, which is brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. Bubba, who's the next? Let's go to John. All right, John, give me a hot take. Hey, Greeny. John from New York, a Pats fan here. Uh, I think that one quarterback that's not being talked about a lot is Kyle Trask. I think he's going to be a more productive and better throw of the ball learning underneath Bruce Arians and Brady than Mac Jones underneath Belichick and Cam Newton. It's a fascinating pick. I think there were a lot of us that were wondering if the Buccaneers would take a quarterback at the end of round one. They wound up sitting tight until the end of round two and still got the guy everyone perceived them to want. And then once the quarterback started going, three of them went in like a five-pick span, four-pick, something like that. The end of round two and then the very beginning of round three, Trask, then Kellen Mond, then Davis Mills. All of them went to fascinating situations. But yes, you could argue Kyle Trask got could not have possibly uh, written up a better scenario which is you get to sit there, you're on a great team, you get to learn from the greatest quarterback of all time whose skill set is reasonably similar. Trask doesn't have the arm that Brady does, um, but he's not like your running, you know, mobile kind of quarterback. He's more of a pocket quarterback, as is Brady. So I think you could say for Trask, it fell brilliantly. I didn't think he would be the next quarterback off the board. I made that clear over the course of time, but I think for him it fell really, really well. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Give me one or two more. Go ahead, Bubs. We got Pat. Pat, give me a hot take. Greeny, how are you? My hot take is that Elijah Vera Tucker, the Jets moving up to get him, was one of the best moves in the draft. They went up, they got their guy, and this guy is going to be a guy who's going to go to multiple Pro Bowls in his career, is my belief. I thoroughly agree with you. I don't know if you were with me at the very beginning of the show, but I said I thought the Jets had – as good a draft as any team. I I think that they had an absolutely outstanding draft, and anyone who listens to me is well aware that I am more than willing to be the first one to criticize them, sometimes more loudly than many people would like. I thought they had a brilliant draft. Again, it'll all ultimately be decided by how good the quarterback is. But the trade-up for Elijah Vera Tucker, I agree with you. Look, offensive linemen are the safest picks, and I I think the three safest bets – in round one, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Kyle Pitts in there. I think Pitts is that safe. He's that good. But then Penny Sewell, Rashawn Slater, and Elijah Vera Tucker, the other offensive linemen in this draft, they were locks. And it, was, it filled a need. I thought it was a brilliant move, an absolutely brilliant move. And in fact, Bubba, let me leave it there because I, I, I want to play this. I heard about this on Friday, but I didn't hear it. But apparently, we made people some money. So let's hear this together. This is a caller calling in on Friday to Washusen. You guys won me 500 bucks last night. I did not. How did I do that? I listened to you and, and, and Mr. Greenberg yesterday, and you were all in. You both were sold in. 
if, if Elijah Vera Tucker was on the board, the Jets were going to move up from 23 and grab him. I had <laughs> I had somebody who we was out at the bar watching the game last night, and I told him, I said, listen, the Jets are going to do this. He said, five to one odds. I said, all right, I'll put 100 down, five, five to one odds. But yet, I should have went higher. Did I sum myself a little bit short? I love it. So James in New York is a happy listener because he won him 500 bucks. We told you, Elijah Vera Tucker. Look, here's why that was a good move. It's a very different move from the Bears move. The Bears move was also a good move. But that one was driven by desperation on some level. The Jets move is a great move because when you accumulate all of this draft capital, which is a phrase I've, I've come to dislike, but it actually, it's exactly the right phrase. You don't have picks. You have capital. You can use them for whatever you want. So if you have all these third-round picks, for all these, you have all these third-round picks, you don't have, you can't, um, you can't use them all, or, or, or using them all is not the best way to utilize them. Using them is to use them as capital, to kind of move around, pinpoint the player you want. If he's there, go get him. And they did. I, I think the Jets did a fabulous job. I couldn't be happier with it. Bubba, what were you just trying to say to me? I'm sorry. There's a Packers blink there on a, your screen, okay. and Rob is ready to go. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. <laughs> Just so everyone understands, I'm dealing with Bubba in my ear. I don't know what he's trying to say to me. I'm greeting. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. I was going to bring in Rob Domofsky with the one question open, but instead, per Bubba, we'll hit the blink. Breaking news and Aaron Rodgers' situation overshadowing the NFL draft. ESPN's Adam Schefter reports the Packers' star quarterback has told the team he doesn't want to return to Green Bay. The Packers have made it known they have no plans to trade him. All right, Rob Domofsky covers the Packers for us outstandingly well in Green Bay, and he joins me on the Goodyear Hotline. Domofsky, it's one simple question. What the heck is going on right now with Aaron Rodgers? You, don't you hear Vince Lombardi's famous, what the hell's going on out there, right? Uh, look, Greeny, we, we've talked how many times about how there was these rumblings of unhappiness. The thing that took me just a little bit by surprise was that Rodgers gave the go-ahead to get this news out there because make no mistake about it, um, this came from his side because there's no way the team wants this out there, right? Especially not the day of the draft. So uh, I just I never thought that he would – follow through with it and that he would just suck it up and play. And at this point, Greeny, I don't see how you put the, you put the genie back in the bottle, so to speak. It's out there, man. And uh, as my grandmother would say, that's one big matzo ball. (laughs) Um, So uh, like, I I don't know, you know, I don't know how that you, that you go back from this and and say, Oh, you know, just kidding. I'll show up and play for you uh, on September 7th and let's go win a Super Bowl. I, I, at this point, I'm having a hard time seeing that. So what happens now, Rob? It's going to be a long summer standoff, um, just like it was in 2008. Uh, you know, may, maybe uh, Brian Gutekunst will do what Ted Thompson did with Brett Favre and say, uh, we got offers from the Jets and Tampa. Where do you want to go? And, and like Favre said, I want to go to Tampa. So he sent them to the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Now, what makes this situation different than a lot of others i just had this conversation with a caller is that someone like russell wilson when the seahawks were entertaining conversations about trading him um and don't let anyone tell you they weren't um what they needed in return was an answer at quarterback and that's what chicago couldn't give them and that's why russell wilson isn't a bear now 
The Packers right. don't need that. They already have their answer at quarterback. So if and when they come to the conclusion, Rob, that they have no choice but to trade Aaron Rodgers, what do they want in return? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they don't need a quarterback for 2022-23, but they might need one for 2021 because Jordan Love's probably not ready. They were never planning to turn this over to him this soon, and that's why he was the third-string quarterback last year, got third-string scout team, third-string scout team reps last year. Now, you know, look, a stopgap quarterback isn't what they're going to ultimately need in trade. They're going to need, you know, multiple first-round picks. Um, I, I always maintain that when the Favre situation came up, we knew he wanted to go to the Vikings. They should have just traded him to Minnesota, even though it's in the division. I get it. But Minnesota would have probably given him first-round pick Uh-oh. for a three from the Jets. So um, they're going to have to look at that and think long and hard about, you know, if they don't want him uh, or if he's not willing to play here, excuse me, then they should just maximize what they can get for him. Now, they're still holding out hope in that building, Greeny, that – uh, that he still plays for them, and, and I don't know if that's naive, but it does seem like wishful thinking at this point. I, I have to ask you this, and, and, you know, the relationships are what they are. There is a perception, and I happen to think it's accurate, that most of Roger's frustration is aimed at the general manager, Brian Gutekunst, that the two yes. of those guys hate each other, and that there is at least one way of reading this, that if they trade Rodgers, they will be siding, they will be choosing the general manager over one of the greatest quarterbacks that ever lived. So my two-part question to you is, is that a reasonable way to approach this? And second, is there any chance that they reverse that and that ultimately what happens is they fire the general manager and keep Rodgers? That wouldn't be – first of all, I think you're accurate in your read. But second of all, that wouldn't be – that wouldn't be consistent with anything this organization has ever done in its history. It wasn't the way they – I mean, public sentiment – was so anti-Ted Thompson during the, this whole saga and so pro-Brett Favre, and they still didn't budge um, that, I, you know, it's the same team president, Mark Murphy, back then. He was only in his first or second year doing it. It's the same guy, and nothing in the way they operate. I mean, look, they don't have a Jerry Jones or a Robert Kraft, the all-powerful owner, uh, to that, that might make such a bold move. So nothing in the way they operate would tell me that that's the course of action that they'll take to appease Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so so then final question, Rob, and, and, and anyone who watches Get Up knows how great I think Domofsky is. How would you assess the odds? At what, what number percent chance would you put the odds that Rodgers is the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers <laughs> week one? Dari Noka asked me that exact question on Saturday morning. And I said, 5% chance he's their quarterback. And I, I guess I'm sticking with that. That's unbelievable. Rob, you're the best. Thank you very much. Uh, and we will, you just became the first call on my, on my contacts. <laughs> Thanks a million. That's Tomofsky on the yeah. Goodyear hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Like, you know, I said this on the draft Thursday night when, when I went to Shefty. I was like, just let that marinate in your mind a minute. A 5% chance that Aaron Rodgers... We're saying there's a 95% chance that Aaron Rodgers has taken his last snap as a Green Bay Packer. Just think about that. Like, to whatever degree people think that the story is being overplayed, I think it's being underplayed. You can't play it any, any – you can't play it too big. A 95% chance that we have seen the last of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, which means – there's a 95% chance he's someone else's quarterback next year. Don't forget that. It's not just that he isn't there anymore. It's where is he? Favre wound up with the Jets. 
People think that turned out badly. Till he got hurt, the Jets were a Super Bowl team with him. I'm not exaggerating. They looked great, and then he got hurt. And he kept playing because that was how Favre was, and he didn't come off the field. But Rodgers Rogers makes half the teams in the league a Super Bowl team, right? I mean, half the teams in the league become the favorite to win the Super Bowl if Rodgers becomes their quarterback. It, it, it's, it's Brady, but better, right? At this point, he's, if anything, he's as good as Brady right now, right? He just had a top 10 quarterback season of all time. Of all time. Year. Just had it. So you can't make too much of that story, if you ask me. Mel is still on the way. More time for your call still on the way. And I will tell you the strangest thing that happened to me over the weekend as we continue. All that and more. But right now, a reminder from 1-800-Flowers.com. Are you still figuring out what to get for Mother's Day? I have been telling you for weeks about the gorgeous bouquets from 1-800-Flowers. And trust me. They are guaranteed to be loved by all the moms in your life. Do not wait until Sunday to surprise her with a Mother's Day gift. Lock it in now. Let her feel the love all week with an early bouquet from 1-800-Flowers.com. And right now, you can get two dozen multicolored roses for just $29.99 at 1-800-Flowers. Gorgeous bouquet of two dozen roses, an assortment of bright colors. We'll have all the moms in your life talking about them and you to everyone. Two dozen multicolored roses, $29.99. It's an amazing offer, but prices are going to be going up. So order this before Wednesday. Do it now. Remember, Mother's Day is Sunday. To order two dozen multicolored roses for just $29.99, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, enter the code GREENY. That's 1-800-Flowers.com, and enter GREENY. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here. I want to make sure you're aware that tonight ESPN and Marvel are going to air this groundbreaking collaboration. It's the first ever Marvel-inspired alternate telecast presentation. So we got Golden State in New Orleans, right? 
And the telecast, which is called Marvel's Arena of Heroes, is going to integrate elements from an original Marvel story and feature characters including Iron Man, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Captain America, Black Widow. It's going to be an original story that's going to run throughout the entire game. It'll air on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Plus. At 7.30 Eastern and follows several players, including Steph Curry and Zion. It should be great fun. If you are a Marvel fan, I think you will really enjoy this. It's an integrated telecast. It'll be available tonight. Again, ESPN2 and ESPN+. And we hope if you are interested, you will check that out. It should be fun. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. Okay, so I'll get back to the draft and everything else in just a couple of minutes. But there's something very strange that happened on Saturday night. And I wanted to share it. So Hembo, Bubba, Nuno, pull up a chair. I want to ask each of you if you think this is a strange thing. So I came home Saturday. And I, you know, I'd been in Cleveland, worked very late Saturday night. Excuse me, Friday night. Got up very early Saturday. So I'm dead tired, but I'm feeling great. And, you know, it was a big deal. I'm doing the draft. So Stacey and I decided we just wanted to go out for a very early dinner, just the two of us, and celebrate a little bit. Just a super early dinner. The place in Westport we go all the time and just, you know, celebrate a little bit that it was done and that it went well. So we're driving to a very early dinner. So it's like 5.15 and we're driving. Stace is driving because I was planning on drinking a lot. (laughs) So she's driving. And no one was injured in the the creation of this story, by the way. I will preface it. But I see, as she's driving out of the corner of my eye on the other side of the street. So we're going up one way. This is traffic coming the other way. A little girl, like, looked like four years old, ran out into the middle of the street and like, I screamed, and this car, like, had to come to a screeching halt. Not us. It was on the other side, like, coming and the other way in traffic to keep from hitting her. And, this, and, and a frantic mother came running behind her. Obviously, I turned her head for one second. Again, nobody injured, everybody fine. But you don't even have to be a parent to recognize that's the scariest situation in the world. This little girl just, you know, for one second, obviously, got out of her mom's sight and literally ran right out into the middle of the street. And what's the speed limit here? How fast are you it, It's going? a, I don't know, 25, 30. Okay. It's a town. It's not, not on a got, highway. Okay. We're in a town. But, but whatever. I mean, catastrophe, right? Horrible. So, like, the kind of thing that even having no connection to it, like, your heart is beating fast having just seen it. So we're driving away, and Stace says, and I quote... You know, I got hit by a car when I was a kid. And I said, what? And she said, yeah, I got hit by a car. I, wanted, I had to go take into the amb- hospital in an ambulance. And I said, wait a minute. We have been married for 23 and a half years. We have been together for 25 years. How is it possible that I never knew until now that you were hit by a car as a child and had to go to the hospital in an ambulance. And she says, and I quote, well, it just never came up. Now, I said to her, when we, we then argued the rest of the drive <laughs> over whether that is a reasonable response to that or not. How many opportunities? We have raised two small children. Well, they're not small anymore. We raised two children. We taught them to cross streets. <laughs> At no point did she say, I was hit by a car as a child and had to go to the hospital in an ambulance. Now, I, I'm going to poll the group. Hembo, is that strange? It is strange that you did not know. It, uh, um, she will not, not only, she will not accept that it is strange. <laughs> she will not accept that there is anything unusual about the fact that, that we have been married 23 years and I did not know that. That is bizarre. Uh, Bubba, hashtag Bubba, who many not, may not know this, is a couples therapist. He works uh, and dabbles in that area, still does that. 
despite having left it from a full-time capacity. But you still, I know, work with a lot of couples and all of that. Do you, Bubba, find it unusual that Stacey and I have been married 23 years and I just Saturday found out she was hit by a car as a child? Yeah, I would have thought that would have come up at at some point. Right. How does know, that not come in, up? in passing. Bubba, how does it not come up? Can't, can't explain it. Right? It, I mean, I, I'm right on this one, right? I think uh, for the first time, you might be right. I, I think, Nuno, let me get the final word from you here. Hashtag Nuno. Do you find it unusual? Let me put it this way. Nuno, you and I have known each other how long? A year? Pops? About a year, yeah. About a year. We've been in the same room, what, four times in our lives? If you had been hit by a car as a child, I think I'd know. Like, I think that would have come up. I think so. I think I would. That's one of the stories I would actually tell you. How, how could that not have come up? Like, Nuna, what's going on? Not much. Got hit by a car. Like, I feel like I know that. Do you think it is strange that I did not know that? Yeah, I think it's weird. I would start wondering what else is she hiding from you? Mm. Well, that, that's the thing. Uh-oh. You know, I'm looking at her. She's got, a, she's got a poker face. I mean, she's just, she's driving. And literally, she's like, what? It just never came up. And I'm, I'm sitting in the car. I'm beside myself. I'm like, Stace, that, what? It never came up is not, a, not an appropriate response to this. That's not enough of an explanation. And she thought it was. And she thought I was being ridiculous. So I said, I'm bringing this up on the air. I'm bringing it up on the air. So now it's up. It's been brought up. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.